Have you ever thought about how a smile brightened your day? What about a laugh? What about a little giggle from one of your children or a friend? Well, let's talk about that a little bit more today, about how that impacts you. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. It's so great to have Lori back with us, Dr. Lori. As you know, in her biography last time, we talked about her having three degrees, a bachelor's, master's, and a doctorate. A, a little highlight of her life, she spent her entire life in relocation mode, being a daughter of a military man and marrying a military man. And she has greatly impacted those in the military arena. She is also a human resources consultant, a life coach, and works on board of advisors for several committees. The thing that I like about what she has in her background is she's a master resiliency trainer for the Air Force and a mental health first aid instructor. She has a great parenting philosophy, and a lot of it has to do with what she's going to share with us today. Another thing that she does is she hosts families at Tinker Air Force Base especially airmen who are away from home for the first time. She is an advisor to the Spouses Club, and she is a great support to the spouses who are home alone with their families while their loved one is deployed. Dr. Lori, thank you for joining us today. I love your story. I love your background. I love the history of Nervagius. And another thing that you say that makes me smile, giggle, laugh every time you say it. So can you tell us about that, where that came from and, and why it's important? And was there anything that, well, probably the story will help us understand where it came from. Why did it start? Yes. And and you got to put the hashtag in front of it. So oh, hashtag. hashtag. And actually that came from when I was working for Penn State University, I was human resources. Oftentimes when they would do re, uh, retreats, the different departments would go on retreats. And my role as human resources and in a lot of companies that I've worked for, I just love that I get to do that. Whenever they're taking the executives onto retreats or doing different things, my job is to do team building or something fun. That was my role as the human resources person. So I would get to, especially even when I worked for Coca-Cola, trips down to the Florida Keys, different things. So anytime they put the executives together, my job was to do something that would create team building, fun activities, you know, things like that. So when I was at Penn State, one of the departments was doing an offsite and uh, they asked me if I could do something on wellness, wellness in the work environment, mental wellness and you know physical wellness to make sure that our employees are taking care of themselves. And this is before the wellness became a big thing is now everybody is responsible somewhere in their organization. They have someone who's in charge of wellness for the company. Right. This was before then. We just had a few employees and a couple of different things where people were a little stressed. So they asked me if I could put something together for wellness. And I did. And I actually had an intern working with me during that time. So we did all of this research about wellness. What does it mean to be well? What does it mean to be mentally well, emotionally well, physically well, all of these things. 
So we did all this research, started putting things together. And you said it earlier, I just, I don't know, I just think life is about joy. And I think that we should find joy in everything that we do, regardless of the tough times, because believe me, I've been through tough times. You know, I think about my husband when he was in Korea for a year and I was home with the kids and they were young and that was a rough, rough time, but we got through it. And I've just learned that if you make it hard on yourself and you only look at it to be hard, it's going to be hard. But if you find ways to bring joy into whatever situation that you're dealing with, no matter how bad it is, you know, you can get through it. So let me, let me share one story. Sure. A hard time. And in, in my opinion, it's a hard time. When our son was in the Air Force, he flew A-10s, the mm-hmm. Warthog. And one time he needed to go over, police the airspace over Iraq. And he was supposed to be home by Christmas. Hey, but make sure looked, you're not telling anything that's what we call OPSEC. Operation. No, no, I know. Good, good point. This is a very personal family story, but he was delayed a little bit getting home because of the weather, basically. But his cute oldest son was about four years old and they were stationed at Fairbanks, Alaska at the Air Force Base up there. And so North Pole, Alaska was just a few miles away. So my sweet daughter-in-law took the boys up to North Pole, Alaska so they could see Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, okay, what do you want for Christmas? And he goes, I want my daddy home. So can you just bring Christmas after my dad gets home? And I thought a four-year-old did that. I was so impressed of the support my daughter-in-law had had done for her boys. And it helped me understand that it wasn't a a hardship. She made it so it was still a family deal. And uh, I can imagine you doing the same thing with your husband being gone. And military moms do it all the time. You don't want your children to feel that absence. They're going to feel it because Mm -hmm. there's someone who's absent, but you want life to continue. So them still going to their baseball games and their soccer matches and band concerts and all the things like I didn't want any of that to stop while he was gone. So I was just set on making sure my children did not feel the absence of their dad other than him not physically not being there. And this was during a time, again, no Facebook, no FaceTime, Uh none of those things existed. They had just come out with mini recorders. Oh, So this is what we did. We both bought mini recorders. I would put the recorder in his seat at dinner time so he could hear our dinner conversations. I would put the recorder in the passenger seat. He could hear our conversations. And then I'd pack it up, put it in a package, take it to the mail. He would get it. And then he, where he was, he was going to the library. He would read books to the boys and send those back to me. So I would put the recorder on the table at night and turn it on. And the boys would hear their dad read stories to them. What but a great idea. Include him in our, our family discussions by putting that recorder wherever he would be in the living room, in the kitchen, in the dining room, in the car. So he could hear the conversations that we were having. So while he was still there, he could still feel like he was part of the family. Oh, that's great. What you're telling me is you adapt the situation. Yes. And yes. now it's much easier because you can FaceTime oh, military yeah. personnel frequently. But my mm-hmm. son was in your same situation. It was before all the wonderful technology that we have now, like we're enjoying right now. Yes. Talking in two different states, doing a podcast. Yeah. And I love it. And if only we had those things, even when my dad was in Vietnam, he could only call like every other month. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were at my grandmother's house and my mom was at my aunt's house, which was like, a half a mile or so away. And I remember my grandmother um, saying, 
your dad is on the phone. You've got to go get your mom. You've got to go get your mom. Your dad's on the phone. And she knew the time was limited. And I remember jumping on my bike, riding to my aunt's house to tell my mom that dad is on the phone. You've got to get in the car and get back to Nana's house. So my mom gets in the car. She gets back to my grandma's house and time was up. And I I remember sitting in the corner and crying and saying it was my fault. I did not ride by my bike fast enough. Oh, that's so sad that you felt that way. I did not ride my bike fast enough. If I would have rode my bike fast enough, mom would have known quicker. She would have gotten back here soon enough that she could talk to dad, but I didn't ride fast enough. And that's all I kept thinking was I fast enough. Um, Yeah. Of course, my grandma and my mom tried to assure me that that wasn't the case. But to this day, I still feel if I had ridden my bike faster, my mom would have got to talk to my dad. Just sad that I felt like I just didn't do it quick enough. And that's that's another thing we need to release release that. Yes, we, it's okay. We need to release that. And I think going on with the rest of your story that you're telling us now will help us understand maybe ways we can do that. So sorry, I interrupted you. Well, no, that's okay. I think, it's, I, I think it's a good. I, I, I think it's a good thing to to get out to talk so about. I, I did. Um, we did a lot of research with this retreat that they were doing. We did a lot of research on wellness. And one of the things I shared with the intern was, I don't just want to present information. I think that we can make it fun. We can make it joyful. So I said, let's change it up. So it made me look into what does it mean to be joyful? What does it mean to have laughter? And that's when I learned about gelotology. And I said, I want to be a gelotologist. And what a gelotologist is, is someone who studies the impact of laughter on human beings, physically, emotionally, and mentally. So I studied to become a gelotologist. And what I learned in doing that was how your body reacts when you smile, how your body reacts when you giggle, and how your body reacts when you laugh. And I started to incorporate that into my Nervages speeches. So when I talked about how we get so nervous When we want to do something, we know it's the right thing to do, but because we're so nervous, we back off. And so when I talk about, okay, making that decision to do it, taking those deep breaths, getting there, and then having the courage to act on that decision. And I always say, visualize the end result. When you do this, when you've made that decision, what does it look like when it's done? And I want you to think about the good part of that, what that looks like, and how does it make you feel? So as I started incorporating those into my speeches, I started to experiment a little bit. And that's when I started doing the, okay, everybody close your eyes. And I would make the whole audience, everybody that was there, they'd close their eyes. I said, okay, I want you to think of something that makes you smile. And I would stand up there and I literally would see everybody's bodies would basically respond the same way. I would see their shoulders would come down, they would turn their head and they would have a smile. And then I'd say, Think of somebody or somebody who did something or something that happened that made you have a little bit of a chuckle or a giggle. And literally, I would see people go like this. And so I watched people go from. Explain what you did, because some people will hear this and not be able to see you. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't even thinking about that. I would see again there. It wasn't that their shoulders would go down. Their shoulders would move up and down just a little bit, not a lot. Their head would nod a little bit. You can see they're smiling and you can see now there's a little more activity in their body where when you told them to think of something that made them smile, it was this warmth. 
that would go over them, just kind of a smile on their face. Their shoulders would go down a bit. But as soon as I said, think of something that made you chuckle or made you giggle, I would see their shoulders move a little bit, their head would move, the smile would be bigger. And then I would say, okay, take a deep breath. They would take a deep breath. And I would say, now I want you to think of something that made you laugh. And I would literally see people slapping their hands on their 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 um their legs. They're they're moving in their chair. Their arms are up in the air. Their heads move. It went from smile with this nice warm look on their face to giggle with their shoulders moving a little bit to laugh. And re remember, their eyes are closed. I'm the only one who can see what's going on. And I was like, I think I'm onto something. <laughs> like, I think I'm onto something and I watched and I started doing it all the time and I would see the same things. I watched people move from that warm feeling of something that made them smile to something that made them giggle to something that made them outright laugh. And I said, you know what? I am going to start talking about smile, giggle, laugh moments. So I started doing that. I, start, I did Nervages and then I would talk about the end result. And I would say, think of something that you've wanted to do, but you've been really nervous about it and you're not sure. And I want you to think, what does that end result look like? And I could see some people would have that warmth because I could see them smiling. And some people, you could see their joy, you know, and they're laughing. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is it. I'm doing, I'm going to start doing hashtag smile, giggle, laugh. And so I started going around talking about the importance of having joy in your life and all the benefits of laughter. And I've, I've done all of this research that's out there and I've put together a program that I do smile, giggle, laugh. And I just talk about the benefits of laughter. What gets you from a smile moment to a giggle moment to a laughter moment and what it does to us emotionally, mentally, and physically. And you know what? The research shows it. There's scientific evidence that talks about the endorphins and the different type of chemicals that are released in your body when you are happy and smiling and laughing versus the type of chemicals that are released when you're stressed. Right, right. How hard is it for someone who is in a bad, bad place to get through that? Is there a way and, that they could use this yeah. smile, giggle, laugh to get through this? Because as mothers, we get in hard places all the time. Yes. Or places that we, we can't feel the end of our concern or the problem is too big. But I, I agree that if you have the ability to change your attitude a little bit, you can see yes. a better solution. And it can be a learned experience. And one of the things that I do in the course that I teach is we talk about the list. And even when I do this with athletes, with teams, athletic teams, the list is, and we have a list for our family. And some things I'm allowed to share, some things I can't share without permission from the family members. I totally, <laughs> totally respect that. But the list is, and we are, we're on the honor system. So when something happens, we have a family conference on the phone. This is me, my husband, and our two boys. Whenever something embarrassing happens to you, you have to call the family and you have to talk about it. You have to share what happened. And we have a list and we, we change things on that list. So we're like, oh my gosh, that is number five. You got to take, we're moving number five <laughs> because depending on what it is. So we have a list that we rank our embarrassing moments. My husband owns seven out of the 10 embarrassing moments. <laughs> and every time happens, he tries to like, he's like, oh, that needs to be number one or that. And we look at him, we go, you're not getting off the list. The, number one is never, ever going to change the rest of our lives. <laughs> he's always trying to get his off the list and somebody else is on there. But we have a, an ongoing list of 20 things 
And again, it's movable. So there are things that are not on the list that used to be there because they've now been replaced with something else that someone's done. And so we have this ongoing list and it's things like, and I'll share my own because it's happened to me. I'm not on the list that often. They're always trying to find ways to get me on the list. <laughs> but I handle my embarrassing moments a lot different than they do. One of the things that happened was when my husband was the command chief, when we were stationed overseas, we had to go to a lot of balls. Mm -hmm. So the Navy ball, the Air Force ball, the Marine ball. And I had all these clothes in my closet. And so I would always try to make sure that I wasn't wearing the same thing to each of these balls because they have media there and, you know, they're taking pictures. So someone comes to pick us up. We always have a driver who picks us up and picks the colonel up. And then we get out of the car and there's like swords and things that you have to go through. So one year we get there, we get out of the car and I feel something at my legs. And I'm thinking, because you always get out of the car and you try to be princess-like. And so I'm thinking... <laughs> I thought I didn't wear a gown. I'm I'm thinking to myself, I could have sworn that I wore my T-length dress, that I'm not that I didn't wear a gown. And so I'm walking and I'm like, why do I feel like I have a gown on? And I know I wore my T-length. So we're about three quarters of the way up. And I said to myself, I have to look because I know I wore, I know I put on the black T-length. I looked down, and this was during the days when we had to wear slips. Because oh. remember, now they have things inside of the dresses so that you don't have to wear a slip. Right. But before, so it wasn't see-through, you had to wear slips. I looked down, my slip is at the bottom of my feet. And I had been walking with my slip at the bottom of my feet. <laughs> so I stopped. My husband had been walking with the colonel. He realizes that I stopped because I was walking behind him. He turns around, he sees me. And all I did was step out. I literally stepped out of my slip. I picked it up. I folded it. I put it under my arm. We walked in. I asked the lady that was there. I said, can you tell me where the restroom is? She told me where the restroom was. I went to the restroom, put it back on and life goes on. Didn't think anything else about it. We get in the car. The driver back drives us back to our car. We get in the car to go home. As soon as we close the car door, Kevin starts banging on the steering wheel. He's banging and he's laughing and he's crying. And I'm sitting on the, the passenger side like, what is happening right now? And he, tears are coming out of his eyes and he's banging and he's crying. And I said, what is wrong with you? And it took him a minute to get himself together. He said, I can't wait to get home and call our sons and call your dad and tell them that your underwear came down in the middle of the red carpet. I had completely forgotten about it. He held that in for four hours. <laughs> Man of, of great restraint, huh? <laughs> Four hours he said, this is going on the list. <laughs> yeah, I, that would be list. list worthy, I would say. Yes. And so we have moments like that. Lance had this fascination with bathrooms when he was growing up. And everywhere we went, every hotel we went into, every restaurant, he wanted to go to the bathroom. We're at a hotel on vacation. He gets locked in the bathroom. Oh, no. We had to call hotel security. And this is way back in the day. We had to call hotel security. They couldn't get the door unlocked. And because it was a motel type, they had to pull the, the window out to get him out of, that's on the list. Well, so, okay. I won't even go to my questions about why it had to happen that way. But anyway. Yeah. So we have a list. And anytime, again, because we're not all together now, we call. You know, Lance called a couple months ago and said, uh, we need a family conference. So we all get on the phone. And he shares a particular incident. We were like, oh yeah, that's on the list. That's probably number eight. 
<laughs> because we know the list so well, we know where right. we can place things. Well, the thing I love about that, Lori, is that your family's connected. Yes. And you stay connected. Another thing is I like that you have the opportunity to address something that could be terribly embarrassing and put you on the floor. Like, I mean, going to a huge military ball and your slips dragging on the floor. I mean, that that's pretty big. Most yeah. of us would say, okay, I'm out of here. We're yes. done. I'm <laughs> done with this. And But not everybody saw it because you're only on the runway. But anyway, I, I would like to see the the honor guard stay oh, I can't stoic. I, I mean, yeah. I really, I, I, they just. <laughs> and that's what I say. It's not what happens to you. It's your recovery. It's your recovery. Your and recovery. You that's so all, good. It takes so many moments. And if you think about the kids that you've done, that things that your kids have done, and this is what I say with moms all the time. Justin was probably about three, maybe four years old. And we were in the commissary, the, the grocery store on the base. And we get up to the front and Justin screams out, that the lady does not brush her teeth very well, the cashier. Mommy, she doesn't brush her teeth really well. Look at her rotten tooth. I'm like, what? She had a gold tooth. Remember during the days when everybody oh, was right. like, yeah. and so he yells out that she doesn't brush her teeth very well because she has a rotten tooth. And so again, you take those moments and you, as embarrassed as you are as a, a mother, you, you, just, you just press on and you use them later on for fun times. There's lots of things where my kids have been so embarrassing, but you just press on and that's all about your recovery. I think it's important to, to think about that. It's about recovery, not only for you, but for your child. Yes. And sometimes I'm afraid that mother, a situation is embarrassing to the child, but the mother also makes it part of her embar embarrassment. And, and you need to be able to separate that we have enough of our own embarrassing moments we don't have to own our children's embarrassing moments right and it's the response it's how we respond to it that's either going to make or break that child's esteem mm -hmm. or whatever i mean we don't want to condone some of their behavior oh, you know, no. do it again but it's all in how we respond to whatever that situation is and if you think about every time that your child has done something to embarrass themselves or even something that your husband has done or you've done when you look back on it you say oh my gosh I can't believe I got upset about that right we all do it and you can find joy in it later on and so it, why wait until later on to find the joy in it again you don't want to condone the behavior so you don't want to do or say something at the time that that makes it like you're discounting what they've done or what they've said, but later on you can. Right, right. That's a really good point. So smile and you laugh. Yes, uh, a, new, a new model. Teams for work environments. I have people that I've done this for in their work environment. They create a list. Maybe they were in a meeting. Somebody pulled up the wrong slide. This just mm -hmm. happened to me in April. I was doing a spouse's dining in. Went on the internet to pull up the Navy song because we were singing the Navy song at the end. One of those commercials came up and it was the diarrhea commercial. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, of course that's exactly what you wanted, right? <laughs> but things happen in the work environment all the time where you're like mortified at something that went on in a boardroom or in the middle of a meeting or whatever. I promise you, whatever that incident was, it can turn into a smile, giggle, laugh moment later on. Right. I think with that kind of attitude, it'll help you. Uh, change your perspective on things yes I think you can say okay that was really horrible but do I have to really 
live with it? Do I have to dwell with it? Does it have to become part of me? Except maybe an interesting moment that happened in my life. I, I can't remember half the things. Well, I, I hope I can remember less than half the things that I've been through, things that have been embarrassing. And I got, sometimes you get home and you go, did I really do that? Really? Exactly right. <laughs> and, then, and I remember when we got home from that incident, my husband literally caught on the phone called my children, each of my children individually to tell them that their mom lost her underwear and called <laughs> my dad and said, your daughter lost her underwear on the red carpet. My dad said, what size underwear were you wearing? <laughs> and I said, dad, it was underwear. It was my slip. And my husband said, do you wear your slip under your clothes? Then it's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I think your father would really appreciate that because being military he would understand oh yes the protocol yes. yes oh that is funny that is funny again I just think that we can learn how to find the joy in our lives we can learn how to take those stressful moments those frustrating moments that we have as mothers where all the the more we think about it the more stressed out we get the more it makes it worse for our children and our, our spouses because it brings attitude <laughs> Right. Um, and I think when we learn how to turn those into smile, giggle, laugh moments, and we create that list as it's happening, even though, again, you don't want to condone some behavior, but as it's happening in your mind, you should be thinking, this is absolutely going on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and that helps you ease a little bit with, you know, how you're going to react and respond to it. No, I just think that's a great idea. I think if, if families would ad adopt something like that, it can bring joy to the family. Remember the time when you did this, yada, 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 yes. yeah, you only got number four on the list. I got number two when I did this. Oh, you should it, hear our conversations when we're together at Christmas and Thanksgiving and yeah. No, I think that's great. I just love opportunities to bring the family together and bring joy to that because yeah. there's enough drama in families. Absolutely. That we, we don't need to dwell on that. Let's move through it and find the joy. We talk about the medicinal benefits to joy and laughter, you know, reducing stress, reducing crow's feet, reducing mm. blood pressure, increasing endorphins. There are medical statistics, medical studies done to show what happens to our bodies when we laugh. Right. The big thing now, and I've done a lot of studies, is our ability to retain when we're learning. When teachers make it fun, when professors make it fun, when they bring humor into how they're teaching your brain, when kids are laughing, they're taking in more oxygen. The more oxygen you take in, the more your brain opens up to retain what you're learning. I, I have a granddaughter now who's in biology in, in college and I go, biology, how are you loving it? She goes, I love my class. My <laughs> teacher works with the... Um, nature area and he brings in a different type of animal every class mm -hmm. so it's they're not laughing necessarily but, but it's, it's a different attitude yes they're an attitude to learn but it's an enjoyment it's not just okay i'm back in biology and i've got to do what cells i'm doing today so again when when you laugh you're breathing in oxygen that's oxygen that you need right. that's coming to your body goes into your brain you're able to retain a lot more that's awesome Lori, thank you so much for spending time. It's delightful time. Oh, okay. I love your stories. I love you. I go back to our first encounter at the National Convention in Omaha in April. 
and you just first arrived and it was such a joy to meet you and um, feel of your your joyous spirit. It was enlightening and enriching to everybody who was there and you sir, certainly are deserving of the recognition of the National Mother of the Year. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and we love right. your family too. Oh, that's wonderful here. And I do remember coming down. I was I was still in my jeans and my t-shirt. And I just wanted to see what was going on because I was so excited. And I saw you there setting everything up. And I was like, oh, and so I introduced myself and you said who you were. And I'm like, let's get a picture. And yeah. we did. And that loved was the it. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. For a selfie of the of the whole convention. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Well, anyway, I love talking with you and I know our listeners will just be so thrilled to hear the stories and Nervasius and hashtag smile, giggle, laugh. That yeah. will be our new model, right, ladies? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Lori. Sure. We've been very uplifted today with Dr. Lori and she has a great attitude. Don't you just love learning from her and the other mothers that we've been able to share their stories with you during this podcast. Now, next time we are going to share some more exciting news. You'll want to be sure and join us with some stories and some new information and maybe some surprises. See you next time on the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom -mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.